1: the official wireless partner of odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings there's never been a better time to join t-mobile visit your neighborhood store
2: to make the switch today
3: with danny i'm grant this is the fan michael mccann of si is going to join us in an hour he is a sports law expert we'll talk about how much trouble dan snyder might be in at 5:25, though We were talking earlier about Ron Rivera's comments on Sam Howell and the fact that he isn't going to be named the starter, but he is the QB1 going into camp. What is the difference between those two things, and how do we feel about Rivera's newly shaped comments on what this offense could look like? Certainly sounded a lot more promising than the idea that they want to run the ball more than they throw it. We'll get into all that coming up. On the fan in just a couple of minutes. But it is NFL Combine Week, Danny. Yes. A lot going on in Indianapolis. We wanted some expertise on the Combine process. So we go to the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app. Visit BetQL.com. Former Pro Bowler and Super Bowl champion K.J. Wright is with us on Grant and Danny to discuss that. What's up, K.J.? How you doing, man?
2: Good afternoon, fellas. Doing great. Hanging out here in snowy Seattle, so... Life life is okay. (laughs) Appreciate the time, man. Take us back, I think it was
1: 2011 when you got drafted. What is this week like? Like, leading up to it, you've heard all about it. You've seen it on TV by this point. Like, what's going through your mind as you enter this week in Indy?
2: This this, this week is everything. As a young college kid, you know, just got done with um, your last senior season or your junior year. And um, you're ready for the big leagues, and you know that this is your first real opportunity to show these scouts, show these coaches, show these owners exactly what you are made of. And so just leading up to this week, guys are just training. They're getting on the drawing board, um, going through different types of defenses because you know when you get to these teams, they're going to see how smart is this guy, what is this personality like. Um, let's see his football IQ. And so these GMs and these scouts are going to grill these young men when they come to these meetings, because they're making big time investments into these young into these young men, and so this week is kind of nerve wracking. Just the meetings, the 40, the bench press, it is a lot. But um, it's a few days, and uh, you just got to go out there and just show yourself in the world exactly what you're made of.
1: So then I think about this, KJ. I remember at the time it probably seemed like it was your whole world. Fast forward, you know, uh, uh, more than a decade later, you had an unbelievable NFL career and were a great player. Doesn't it seem That's insignificant right. now when you think about it? Like, you did way more important <laughs> stuff playing for Super Bowls and, and things, yeah. and now you're like, I had to do it. I benched and, like, did a shuttle run in 2011. How strange does that seem?
2: <laughs> It's so funny because I went out there and I ran a 4.75. I was just down and out. I was sad because all all year I was training running like low 4.6s. And I got out there and I felt like I blew it in front of the whole world. And so when you look back at it, it's just a small part of your journey. But you best believe when you're in the midst of it, that is everything too. You just feel like, oh, man, I literally went from a second-round draft pick to a sixth-round draft pick based off of um, a simple bench press or based off a meeting that I blew. Or based off, I didn't do well on the chalkboard, and so a lot of things are going through these young men's minds. And so um, I, I tell the, the, the guys all the time: your film, what you did in college, what well, should overrule a majority of the stuff that happens at the combine. If you played well on, on Saturdays, they 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 did their studies, watch your tape. You should be going. You should be good going forward when you get to the NFL. Which parts of the combine would you
3: do more of? turn up the faders on, so to speak. And which parts do you think they should tweak, either do away with or really try to um, maybe alter that you thought were either unnecessary or, or weren't fair to the player?
2: Well, I believe that everything that they do, everything they do, they... They they need to continue to do it. I just believe for GMs, GMs just need to take what they see at the combine just with a grain of salt. You can't just look at a guy because he doesn't run a fast 40. It's like, really, oh, okay, he doesn't fit into our team. Some guys get out there and run fast 40s, but they get there on the football field and run in the wrong direction. And so for me, I know when I look at a guy, I'm really studying his tape. Let's see let's see how this guy is as a football player, especially at linebacker. How does this guy find a way to get to the ball? Does this guy take the proper angles? Is this guy a leader in the locker room or right? just against some guy that's, you know, just gonna just gonna come in and be an immature rookie when he first comes on the scene? And so really see what these guys are made of when it comes to their intellect, when it comes to their football IQ, when it comes to their leadership skills and then take that and be like, okay, this guy's going to turn into a phenomenal pro. Let me add him to our to our franchise.
3: They've gotten rid of the Wonderlick test, and I was kind of thinking about that, or even just some of the, the questions that we hear that get asked. Now, I, I've talked to players that have no problem with some of the weird, odd questions. Others find some of the things strange. Is that kind of team by team, or, or is that almost universal that you're trying to be put in a bad spot? They want to see how you react. Like, What's that about?
2: Yeah, they It's team by team. And some some teams, you know, they know your history. They know that you came from a a privatized area or you didn't have a two-parent household. And so they do kind of poke the bear to see, hey, what happened? And they want to see how would this transfer if we do bring you into our football team and so on. I'm glad that they're kind of getting away from that. But these teams, I'm telling you, they literally want to know everything possible about who these guys are. And so some questions are fair, but you saw what they did with Dez Bryant. I don't know if you guys remember that. What they did with Dez Bryant years ago, asking questions about his parents. Like, you know the situation. Don't try to, you know, rip this band-aid off and just bring up this this sad story that I had to experience as, as a young man. And so um, it's definitely team by team. But for me, I had a pretty good experience.
1: So, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. And KJ, you right with us here on Grant and Danny. What was like a strange one that you remember that stood out? Like, like, I I don't know what that has to do with me making tackles. Was there a really odd one that came your way?
2: No, no, I, I was lucky. Uh, no team really did that to me. The Houston Texans was the only team that I kind of had a bad experience with because uh, I'm a smart guy. But these, these guys literally put me on the chalkboard for about 20 to 25 minutes. They put their whole playbook on the chalkboard and they erased it and they handed me the marker and said, "Hey, KJ, let's see, how, let's see what you know. Let's see how smart you are." And they literally just grilled you from the any error you made, you know, you just felt like every all eyes were on you. You're doing this in front of the GM, uh-huh. the linebackers coach, the defensive coordinator, and you're like, hold up, man. You know, this this is intense. And so um, they just want to see your your what your make is, what you're made of, if you'll fold under pressure. But for the Houston Texans, that, that was a tough one for me.
3: Weird that they haven't had a ton of success over the last <laughs> several years. They're ruling players out based on not learning the playbook in a, a 10-minute meeting. K.J. Wright is with us. On Grant and Danny, awesome career, spanned from 2011 to 2021, uh, now 33 years old as he's getting into talking about ball uh, more often. And by the way, I would say, Danny, from my perspective, an American hero, uh-huh. and I'll clap it up for him on this regard, kept Tom Brady from a ring. KJ right, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen. KJ right. Now, Tom got other rings. Where were you on that play? In that game, you had 11 tackles, the 28-24 win, the goal line, Pick of Tom. Uh, well, it wasn't even that play. I guess it was. Let's see yeah. which was it. Was it that was the oh, one? The one you're
2: talking about the one Russell
3: threw? No, not. I guess I'm confused. What, the The Super Bowl. You which yeah. which game did you win? Oh, you won, won the Broncos won, one. They beat Super the Broncos. Damn! So Absolutely. Tom beat you guys. I'm all screwed up. Now I'm sad.
1: <laughs> hey, you have me all all messed up there. I was like, what what game don't I remember? You're, so yeah. I
3: still think you're an American hero. But still that, a hero. That was rough. That was oh, rough. Oh, you thought I was on the Patriots? No, I knew you were Seahawk. I just got the whole thing <laughs> confused in my head.
2: I really. Yeah, you. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah, that was I was tough. Uh, played in Super forty eight. Uh, played against Peyton Manning. When they played against Tom Brady, Super forty nine, we had the devastating interception. They're on the one yard. line. I remember
3: line. that. Okay, so that game, where were you? You had eleven tackles in that game. So you're watching. What are you thinking? Mm-hmm.
2: I'm on the fifty yard line. Uh, we made the incredible drive. Jermaine Curse makes a bobble makes that catch. That
3: yeah, catch Mark, was ridiculous, uh, unbelievable.
2: Uh, yeah, should have went down to you know one of the top you know moments in, in NFL history. And my son, you know, bruising his way down to the two yard line. I'm sitting on the 50 yard line, and I look, and I was like, "We're in shotgun." I, I yell, I scream, I say, "Why are we in shotgun?" And it happened so fast. You yelled that and before the play. <laughs> oh, I yelled no. it. I, I wish someone had a camera on me. You, you can see it. I literally yelled out. But they, everyone was down there. They were closer, closer to the twenty-yard line. And so, um, it just happened so fast. And I looked, and I was like, "This, is, this did not just happen. He did not just run through Ricardo Lockett to catch <laughs> an interception like." I, I get we messed up with the pass, like no no business to pass on on in that situation, but the way he intercepted the ball to this day is still bizarre to me. He literally ran through. It was a crazy, crazy play. The ball that should, that should not have happened, but um, heck of a heck of a play by him, and um, yeah, I could have been a back to back champion, but hard hard lesson we had to learn that day.
1: Well, so Two-timer. the timer, yeah, the year before that, I. I legit thought I thought you guys would win that game. I didn't think you'd win like that. Was that the the forty three to eight? I mean,
3: Denver we wasn't laid, aware the we Super were Bowl ready started. We row all week, yes, and everyone was saying Denver. Everyone,
1: yeah, I I, I, I liked you guys, but like not like that, not by thirty five. Did did you know that it was going to be a woodshed game?
2: Guys, I'm going to be honest. They shouldn't even score that many points that day, and then I'm being and that's being nice. Like the they shouldn't even <laughs> score. They should not have scored eight points that day. When they scored that one touchdown, I, I was I was livid. I'm like, how did they how did they get in the end zone? You um, know, I just knew going into that week watching film on Peyton Manning. Obviously, one of the best to do it. But I looked at the defenses they were playing, and I was like, these guys have not seen anything remotely close to the Legion of Boom. I mean, the defense they were playing were bad. They were, you know, giving up explosive plays. Like, when we step on this football field, we're going to be tied together. We're going to be locked in. We're going to play as a unit. And if you go back and watch that football film, guys, we were literally moving like we we're tied on a string together. And so one of the best performances ever. And to do it against that offense, the best in NFL history, just showed you how special we were.
3: KJ Wright, 10 seasons in Seattle and then the final year in Vegas. You were with Russ. Ross. Four years, I mean, you were there right at the start of his career. He became yep. an MVP candidate. W- what do you make of, of what's happened with him, and what do you think is going on? His last year in Seattle dropped off, and then this past year was kind of a mess in Denver. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. Geno took over. I can't believe how mm-hmm. good he was.
2: Yeah, I, I've just never seen Russ's name in the media so much in this negative light. I mean, you just saw the stuff that happened. Like, he wanted to be traded. You saw the stuff that he wanted. Coach Carroll and John Snyder fired. The uh, stuff with the foundation didn't play well. I mean, this has been a year to forget for Russell. And so I truly believe that he's got to take this offseason to get back to the bases, get back to the drawing board. And really, he has to rebrand himself. Like, make this stuff all about ball. If you go out there and play well, if you go out there and be a great teammate, drop the Broncos country stuff then you will get back in order to be the quarterback that we knew and loved when he was in Seattle and so I do believe that we will see Russell bounce back pairing him with Sean Payton is going to do wonders for him and so this is going to be a dynamic duo that I'm that I'm really excited to see
1: KJ i got to ask you about this Grant this one is for me uh do you yeah KJ I despise pretty much all reality television my wife loves like all the bravo shows and things like that i just can't be in the room with it i can't stand it so we compromise and we watch a little hgtv as a family i know you know i know you know where i'm going with this and i'm sure you get asked about it by every pudgy idiot radio host in the country kj wright had an outstanding episode of house hunters in seattle forever ago i i we watch it i like the show anyway how real is that experience? In other words, like did you guys already buy a house and then you film the show?
2: How did it work? I'm I'm not going to give it away. I Damn can't it. I cannot do it. I cannot. But let's let I can say this. I can say this. We filmed that show for 5 days straight for about 10 hours yeah. each each day for a, a 18 minute episode. I mean, we filmed a lot. Like we toured houses. We did we redid the scenes. And um, I'm I'm sitting in the house right now that I bought, and it. so it's for the most part it's pretty real. There's some stuff you gotta do some acting, and oh, I love this. They're like, oh, talk about this lamp right here. That's so what you I want to know. Up up the d- d-
1: d- did they let's, stage let's the arguments?
3: Take, you know, and then they're like, your wife likes this lamp, so you don't. Ready, action. Yes, yes,
2: <gasps> yeah. You know they they have that. So some stuff is staged, like oh, just make this come to life. And so it's it's a cool experience. I'm a I'm a house owner's junkie. I, I've always dreamed of going on that show. And people recognize me sometimes in the streets based off of my TV show rather than my football playing days. That's ridiculous. He's a good <laughs> player.
3: Uh, all right, before we let you go, this this came out today. I, I'm sure you haven't really studied this, so I, I don't want to get into the specifics, but I do think there's value in talking about it broadly with you. So the NFLPA did this thing that they should have been doing probably when you were playing for years where they polled yeah. 1,300 players – on a bunch of categories for their treatment by their organizations, okay? This is how uh, teams travel, the locker room, the training staff, the training room, strength coaches, weight room, food service, nutrition, treatments and facilities, all kinds of stuff like that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The local team here, Washington, the Commanders, finished 32 out of 32 teams. Little things like they're one of six clubs that uh, doubles people up on the road the night before a game. They're one of seven clubs that doesn't fly players in, in first class. Um, mm. Things like that, right? But they finished dead yeah. last with four Fs. What, what I want to know is the NFLPA said they put this out in part so that players have a, a, a chance to make an ed- educated decision, like going into the new league year on uh-huh. where they'd want to go and where they wouldn't. How much do these types of things actually matter? If, if you're a player and, say, Washington is offering you more money than anyone else... Do you just take that deal and say, "Well, look, they're dead last, and all this other stuff. Who cares?"
2: I mean, here's the thing, fellas: money does talk. Yes, don't don't get me wrong, money talks. But if it's close, if if the Commanders have, uh, let's say, one one more million than the the Dallas Cowboys or the, you know the Seahawks, I believe that guys would take that into consideration. And I've had some teammates that I played with in Seattle that went to the Commanders. And um, I'm not trying to bash you guys' team or anything, but they was like, this is one of the worst experiences that I, that I ever had. And um, just from so many standpoints, from a facility standpoint, like you said, the traveling, the, where we decide to stay in our hotel, our football field, I mean, it just sucks when you're playing in the NFL, the best of the best, and you just have an experience like that. And so um, I was fortunate. I went to two good organizations and new facilities, but um, to hear those horror stories, it, it is pretty real.
1: KJ, this is awesome, man. Really certainly appreciate the time with us and, and enjoy the combine. And uh, congrats on all your success, buddy. Thank you.
2: Thank
3: you, fellas. Be good. There's KJ Wright, NFL combine going on right now in Indianapolis. Good expertise and insight on what these players are going through. We appreciate him joining us here on Grant and Danny. That last answer is important, I think. He's yeah. saying, yeah, you you can outpay everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like You, right. you can get over the top with the money, but I got to tell you, we don't forget. Word gets around, man. So, and he said players would acknowledge after. Was it before or after? Did he did he say like guys that went there? Yeah, so guys either went there, there or came from there. Yeah, because I'm thinking like Paul Richardson. There's some dudes he played with probably that came here. But you you don't think you're texting going hey how's DC,
1: bro? Yeah, they got phones everywhere. Bruce Allen taught us that.
3: <laughs> you have no idea. And if you go from a place with a great facility and a great venue. I don't know. Where did Seattle rank in that uh, listing? I know Vegas was in the top five, which KJ was his final year. Give me with one the second. Raiders. I had it right in front of me a second but ago. They,
1: they were actually, I think, just outside the top ten at memory
3: serves. So I, I know their facility is immaculate. Mm-hmm. People love it. It's right on the water. I remember See years York's ago, 11th. 11th, okay. So their actual training facility, I remember, like aesthetically, is supposedly one of the most beautiful in the NFL based on where it is and and you can sit outside and just kind of take in nature. Yeah, Seahawks have a lot of high grades. Their lowest
1: grade is travel, which is C, so that's what they're doing on planes or something their like that. Their lowest grade but is a C. Yeah, they have a lot
3: of A's and a lot of B's. But you said their lowest grade is a C. <laughs> One C. Four F's in yeah, Washington. Four F's. The commanders have actually put out a statement about this. There will be statements. There will be Th- That is the slogan of this offseason. There will be statements. Let's get to that next on G&D. With Danny, I'm Grant. This is the fan. The commander's got a report card from the Players Association today. It was ugly. An F treatment of facilities, an F-minus training room, F-minus locker room, F-minus team travel. They also got a D for their training staff and a D-plus for food, service, and nutrition. The team has put out a statement about this. 32 teams ranked 1-32. to The commanders were ranked dead last 32nd. Now, I'm not really sure why the team would put out a statement, to be honest with you. I don't think they need to do that, but they have chosen to, and here is what they issued. Quote, player health and safety is our top priority, and we continue to invest in our facilities, including a new practice field, new turf in the practice bubble, and increased meeting room space. We know there is more to do, and we regularly talk with our players about ways to improve their work environment and the experience for their families, end quote. Why did they put out a statement?
1: I, I know this is riveting. Me sitting here trying to figure it out, I have no idea. That like, if I, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes, which is hard. This is one of those you just take the fastball on the shoulder and go to first base. You just wear this one, right? You, me, JP and B Mitch, Junks, everyone will join. We got we got a couple segments. And then we'll go to the next thing and make it referenced a couple times o- over the course. There's, there's obvious reason as to why. Like, the only way I could imagine a statement being necessary and crafted is if, like, Dan Snyder's fuming at his desk. A dude's in, in, in Oxfordshire, to Westertonshire, in, in London, or outside of it in England somewhere, right? Or on a yacht, one of the two yachts. Like, why? There's no upside in the statement. Anything you say, it's a priority. Well, then you suck at your priorities. Like, it's a big deal for us to try to get your last. If
3: if you tried, you failed. If you're not trying, it's a failure. Pick. So I do think that being 32 out of 32, according to the Players Association, is utterly embarrassing. And I really do believe that it's a huge problem and that it's going to be a bad look for them going into the league year and free agency. I just don't think they need to, to come out and explain themselves with a statement that's the part I don't understand or get
1: they're it, like we have we we bring a brand new practice field turf to the showers drain you know what I mean like we we take player safety very seriously
3: we're not gonna pony up for first class for a couple of veterans I, I, I take know. this statement to mean you guys made it sound like we haven't done anything to our facility in a long time and that's not true well of course you you are occasionally upgrading things at the facility that goes without saying you have to How could you not? The point is, when compared to 31 other teams, when you're polling 40 or so players at a time per organization, a total of 1,300 players, when asked, how does your organization treat your family? How does your organization uh, treat you when you travel? How does the team do from a standpoint of a training room or training staff? How do you like your strength coaches? What about food service and nutrition? How do you find your locker room? Do you have enough space to operate? All the players in the league at every team voted on this and, and, and polled got polled. You came back last. So if you put new money into your field, cool, good job. If you did something new with the bubble, awesome. Way to go. By the way, they didn't have a bubble a decade ago basically. Mm-hmm. When I when I started on the beat, the bubble came along. Uh, during the Mike Shanahan regime. Most teams had bubbles already. But if you're making strides and progress, that's great. But to your point, this thing comes out. I think you handle this internally. You reach out. The players voted. This has nothing to do with anybody else. This Uh is not our business, really. You reach out to your players, starting with your captains and your leaders. I'm reaching out to Jonathan Allen and to Terry McLaurin, and I'm saying, hey, let's talk about this. I don't know who voted and who didn't, and it doesn't matter. Tell me about our facilities. Tell me about how we treat your family. What what don't guys like? Tell me about the food service and nutrition. Why did they get a D plus? Well, uh, you know, we love the cooks, but we, we don't like the cafeteria. Okay, great. What's what's the deal with our uh, F minus grading in the locker room? Why are we getting an F minus in team travel? Well, it's probably because you're one of six teams that has players doubling up in rooms the night before a game or one of seven teams. It's not using first class for the players and instead for other members of the organization or, or, you know, the, the, uh, the sponsors traveling or whatever, but figure this out behind the scenes. Like you don't need to put out a statement, defending yourself on everything.
1: Well, this again is their classic MO. The analogy that I'll come up with is Grant says to me, Danny, you kicked me under the table and I go, Nobody asked me about the fact that I cleaned the coffee cups just now in the kitchen. There were three coffee cups there, and I cleaned them. Why is no one asking me about that? That's not the issue. They did this with all the different charges in the various hearings. Uh, people want to know, from 2006 to 2018, ask us about the last two years. Somebody asked me about the last two years. Why is no one asking us about? No one gives a hot, buttered bleep about the last two years, you buffoons. You absolute rubes. You shouting clowns. We're asking about the stuff that happened before. Nobody said, What's the meeting room space grade for the team? We increased meeting room space. The meeting room space is increased from what it previously was. We care about player safety. If meeting room space was graded, you guys might do awesome. That's not what the criteria was. They do this thing where they respond to something that isn't there. Respond to the thing that's there or shut up. Either way, you look so stupid and small and like you don't know what you're doing. I'm here to help you. Holster this statement. Delete it or respond to the actual things in there. We care about player safety. Maybe we'll try to fix the shower drains. Maybe we'll try to increase the size of the locker room. Maybe we'll spend on a, on an a, a increased training room space. But it's not there. They go, we have a new uh, field in, um, uh, for
3: practice and uh, more meeting room space. Thank you. Idiots. Idiots. We play deal or no deal sometimes on the show. Not like the TV show, but is this a big deal or not? You know, Is this a problem or not? So I'd be curious to just take people's temperature on this at 800-636-1067. I really believe that this is a significant story. This isn't a development as it pertains to Dan selling the team or anything like that, although it looks awful on Dan. This ties directly to ownership. This speaks to having a losing culture. I think that this is, look, Jason Wright has been here for three years almost, and Ron Rivera is going into year four. I think I have those numbers correct. This is not to knock either one of those two guys as much as it is to say nothing matters as long as Dan Snyder is still owning the team. Like Jason Wright played in the NFL. One of the selling points on Jason is he knows what it's like to be a player, and he's here as, as a former player turned president. There aren't guys like this in the league. He can walk around the facility and tell you it sucks. If I know that as a dude who covered the beat for a handful of years, Jason Wright probably knows that. Are they doing anything about it? Are they fixing it? Now, their statement says, yeah, little by little, here's where we're making our strides. But there's some pretty fixable, easy things you could immediately start doing if you're able to spend money. No one should be sharing rooms the night before a game. Let's start there. That just means booking more hotel rooms. That's all that. It's just money. You could throw money and fix that problem. Am, am I wrong? You're not wrong. Uh, the, the players... How about some increased leg room for Charles Leno? <laughs> you know what I mean? Charles On the Leno in first class over... Uh, You know, you're uh, Mitch Gershman. He's not there anymore, but you understand what I'm saying. Of course I do. Dan's buddy who's flying to the game. We could just decide right now. We'll change that and figure that out. I think this is huge because of why the Players Association said they did it. If they just did it as a fact-finding mission, that's one thing. They quite literally said in their opening statement, this was done in part to educate players on their future business dealings, on their career path. We wanted to let you know there are 32 companies you can work at in this field. Here's one through 32 who's going to treat you the best. If you go to the Vikings, they treat you better than anyone else. And all the way down at the bottom of that list, the place where you'll be treated the worst and have the worst tools given to you to succeed, the Washington Commanders. And in their opening statement, they said about the commanders, the locker room does not have confidence that Dan Snyder is willing to invest to upgrade the facilities. Now, that statement they put out, I think, is directly to contrast that point, right? Because the the whole idea is you see this and you go, well, of course Dan's not upgrading anything he's about to sell. And they're going, no, 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 look at what we've spent on. And to their credit, they have fixed some problems. Like the field was a disaster for a while. It's not as big a problem anymore. They seem to have actually fixed the field, don't FedEx you think? FedEx field, you mean? Yes, yeah. the surface. Now, they also have fixed their practice fields are in good shape. But I'm saying that one of the biggest stories that we thought is a fixable, throw money at that problem and solve it today, issue was their playing service at their home stadium. And this group has figured that out. I got some more things it sounds like I need you to figure yeah. out. So I hear everything you're
1: saying on a rubber stamp it. Here's why I think it's a massive deal. In the wake of yesterday... Yesterday was about financial propriety. At at a maximum, allegedly, bank fraud. At a minimum, shady business practices. That $4.5 million Dan paid himself from team coffers because he put a sticker on his private plane, that should be a working shower drain. That should be a better training facility. That should be... Uh, uh, two more hotel rooms so that uh, Randy the rookie didn't have to double up with somebody that snores and doesn't sleep the night before the game. That should be more business class seats. That should be a bigger situation so these guys going on the road could get taken care of. That should be an in-house masseuse to make sure these guys are recovering the best possible way. It should be the most advanced sports medicine. Those $4.5 million that he just ripped off, treating the team like his uh, personal piggy bank, should be invested. And everybody that tells me Dan cares about winning, bullcrap. Bullcrap. That's how you win. You do the best thing you possibly can for your players at all times because they got to go out there and put it on the line. If you don't do that, you are losing. You're already starting a little bit behind the eight ball. These other teams that are doing it have an advantage over you each and every week as the season goes on. If you're not doing everything you possibly can to help rest, recovery, recuperation, injury prevention, you are losing. And it's not some random coincidence that the team with the worst facilities ends up right where they end up,
3: fourth place in the NFC East more often than not. That's why I care about it. Yeah, where, where is there no cap? How much do right you invest there? there? Yep. That, that's the whole deal. David Tepper, when he took over as owner of the Panthers, said essentially that they would have the best coaches in the country because he'll outspend everyone else to go get them. And they didn't really see this happen. They hired Matt Rule right away, which was an L. But Rule brought in a bunch of guys from college. Well, this time around, they went and got Frank Reich. That was the hire. And then they got the hottest defensive coordinator candidate and one of the hottest offensive coordinator candidates. They outpaid everyone else to go get them because Tepper always said, this is what I'm going to do. Do you guys think this is a thing? Players Association, ranked the teams 1 to 32. Commanders are dead last of the eight grades. Six are Ds or Fs, four
2: are Fs, three are F minuses. You're listening to the fan.
3: Michael McCann is scheduled to join us at the top of the hour. He was writing yesterday about everything going on with Dan Snyder and suggested that if Snyder eventually is voted out, things could be heading to court eventually. I actually want to know about that process and what Michael knows about the idea of even voting Snyder out. Like, Let's say they have 24 votes. How does that work? How do they force him to go? <laughs> I, I want details. Yeah, then what? I'm not sure if he's got him, but he's our legal expert from Sportico. He's really, really good on the show. We've had him on in the past. He's going to join us coming up in about 15 minutes. Uh, today, the NFLPA put out its first ever report cards on every single team's facilities and Know, what they provide players with basically everything from how they treat families and nutrition and food services to uh, team travel in the locker room and the training staff and strength coaches and the commanders ranked 32 out of 32 they have issued a statement saying and i'm paraphrasing hey we fixed some things we're going to keep working at it Do you guys think this is a big deal uh, we do josh is an upper marlboro what's up josh
4: hey fellas yeah this is a big deal for me um and it's not just about the player reaction. It's about priorities. They are spending on players like it's a team that's broke, and I think they are genuinely cash poor. And that stands in contrast to Dan fooling around the world on his yacht and getting $4.5 million a year to put the logo on his jet. I mean, imagine how a player that's forced to basically have a slumber party on every road game – feels when he hears about, you know, Dan living this life of luxury. It's it's just a dramatic contrast Two other quick things. I, I, that training grade of D stood out to me. I had to think back to Trent Williams and just, it just gives more credence Uh to sort of the claims at that time. And then finally, The statement was insane, and the only thing I can think of is, you know, and I like Jason Wright, but it feels like a Jason Wright CYA because it just feels like this is an indictment on the sort of administrative aspect of the team. This is a man who, in the next couple years, may be finding another job, and so it just feels like more about pushback and and covering publicly than actually addressing the underlying issues.
3: Thanks, Josh. Appreciate the call, sir. To his first point on the the lack of money, possibly, Mm -hmm. which— Yesterday was the closest thing I'd say we've got to cementing the fact that that's legitimate. That's long been speculated on this show, and certainly into this microphone. I think they have been cash poor, or at least operated as if relative to the other team, certainly for a while to me. But when you're talking about an F treatment of facilities and an F minus training room and an F minus locker room and an F minus travel, and you know that you don't have the space you need, you're understaffed according to the player complaints in the training room. That screams not enough money. We're combining into a hotel. When me and my buddies go on road trips, we do that to save money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we went to Raleigh, to North Carolina. We stopped at a hotel on the way home. Me and my brother-in-law could get two rooms, or we could get one with two beds. How much did you get? We got one with two beds. Uh It's because neither of us is rich, and on top of that, we don't like spending money very much. Before the game. When you're out in San Francisco, I'd like, uh, you know, Deron Payne and and John Ridgway to be sleeping in separate rooms. And I'd imagine Deron Payne on his way to 11 and a half sacks was, but John Ridgway and some other dude weren't, you know, they were precisely one guy snoring and the other one's trying to get to sleep. Andre's in Manassas. What's up, Dre?
4: Hey, what's going on guys, buddy? I think it's a big deal simply because the guy's trying to sell the team. I mean, if you guys are going to try and sell your house, you want everything to be in good working order. As far as I'm concerned, you know, every nick is a couple of million dollars off. It in in my world, I would suppose. And yeah, if you're coming up against free agents, then you know you have all these F's. It, it's gonna obviously you're gonna fill the team, and you're never not gonna fill the team. But I mean, it's it, it makes your job even a whole lot harder. So I do think um, this is a big deal, and I could not almost understand why the team had to put a. Um, some kind of um you know mem- memo out there for for everyone to read but yeah well that it, tells you Dre, a... how
3: big of a deal they think it is yeah thanks for the call you just got me thinking about this I mean I-, I said they shouldn't have put out a statement and I stand by that I just let a sleeping dog lie here it is what it is and you move along and rub dirt on it and figure it out next time but they're not responding for no reason you've either hurt them right mm-hmm. that's when they come off the top rope personally you may- you've made them feel it or you're you're picking at a scab you know you you, you've you've said something that's true they're not putting out statements every time anything comes out about them so obviously i would say this one struck a nerve this bothers people in that building charles is in maryland hey charles charles you there charles let's go to jake in annapolis what's up Jake. jake
4: Hey, what's going on guys? Uh, first off, I got a, maybe a little uh, a sympathy thing here for Grant. I got an adorable two-year-old daughter in the backseat. I'm driving home from daycare. And God help us if I have to explain to her how terrible this franchise is. Hopefully when she's alive and aware, we're winning. We don't have to deal with any of this crud anymore. But to this question, I, I mean, I think this is a liability for a new owner, right? I mean... If if you want to rebuild this franchise, you are going to have to invest in facilities. And with all this other stuff coming out with Dan Snyder, I think this is a liability, right? you got to invest, and it's pretty clear that they haven't been. So what is the price tag to get this franchise up to a level that players want to get to?
3: Jake showing me something. Totally. And we've talked about that. Yes, but it is kind of adding a layer to if you are Josh Harris and you see this today, you go... Yeah. Well, but when you tour this the facilities. So when we I read understand. one of those articles about you didn't I can't tour 32 facilities.
1: Well, I know, but when the bids aren't getting up to what you think they should be, why yeah. is that? I'm going, well, that's why. Because you, you know I gotta go spend a billion dollars to fix that.
3: Agreed. I just think that this gives it a little bit more of a black and white mm-hmm. this it's is, more concrete. This is a pretty gross facility. You know what I'm yes. saying? <laughs> like you didn't tour all thirty-two of them. Grant and Danny on the fan, Michael McCann is next. How much trouble is Dan Snyder in legally? We'll talk to him about that.
0: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too.